everyone. Uh, welcome to the Business for Builders podcast. Uh, welcome to you if you're watching this on YouTube. My name's Max. I'm the CEO of Smith & Sons and uh, uh, welcome to this episode. We are going to, uh, I've just rallied the troops this Friday afternoon just to uh, do a quick setup and uh, we're going to punch out one podcast. I'm actually in between meetings and uh, I really wanted to, uh, a lot of what we do, a lot of what I create is off the back of experience and, and or experiences. So, you know, events that might have happened uh, throughout the week. And I think, boy, that's really pertinent. I should share that with the audience. So uh, here I go. Um, you know, I think what I'm going to talk about today uh, is I'm going to dive into a little bit of sales and it's not, you know, I'm not going to be here for 45 minutes. I don't think I've got time for that. But uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about sales and a few points therein. And I'm going to chat about uh, one thing in construction or the construction process as it relates to uh, paperwork. So, um, yeah, let's get stuck into it. I know that when I go out, and obviously these days I spend most of my time selling franchises. So I chat with general contractors and we talk about their, their current business and we talk about their business goals. We do gap analysis. We chat a little bit about some of the deficiencies and uh, some of the things that might frustrate them. And, uh, you know, we just try and figure out where there's a fit. Essentially, sales, whether you're selling franchises or projects or anything else, it's very much, uh, you know, it's it's uh, people-focused. Um trying to find the, you know, where my brand or my service is going to actually fill a gap. And so, you know, one thing that um, as I spend a little bit more time in this position, you know, I, I find that GCs are quite, you know, for the most part, I mean, they're, they're mostly fairly, um, you know, solid sort of blue collar, salt of the earth folks. And, uh, but boy, oh boy, when I ask them if they ever talk about budgets in their first meeting with clients, they all you know, they just about, you know, sort of crawl up and die. They say, we weren't going to do that. But guys, I want to tell you, and if I got every one of you general contractors or contractors alone and said, um, do you enjoy quoting for free or do you enjoy doing all of that work in a quote and then getting a one-line email to say, no, thank you, we thought it was going to be less and it's not, and it drives you crazy, um, and rightly so. So what, I, what I'm going to do is encourage you to maybe take a little bit away what I chat about today and implement it, and then I'd love you to come back to me on uh, email, businessforbuilders, uh, or sorry, max at businessforbuilders.ca, and just, I want you to have a crack at this, and I'm going to run through a little bit of the sales process that I would teach to you if you're a new general contractor with Smith & Sons, and I would love it if you would, you know, if you've got questions about it and you need me to fill in some gaps, I'll do that. Um, but if you go out there and you execute and you get some success, I would love to hear from you, because I know that our group of GCs, uh, wouldn't do it any other way and just wouldn't wouldn't have it any other way. So why do we, I, I guess there's, of course we know why we want the, the, the clients to chat about, you know, budgets and things. And the problem is, is they don't trust you. Um, so what you've got to do is finesse the situation uh, and try and be uh, really honest without being overly brutal. So it's kind of firmness with courtesy. I say that to our guys a lot of the time. And so when I'm chatting with a client, so I'm going to try and demonstrate rather than just sort of hyperbolize because it's what I would do if I was out selling projects, um, is that to get around to the budget conversation, I really want to firstly understand all of the dynamics and all of their requirements and things like that. Because obviously I want to, if I'm going to make a judgment call on what I think it's going to cost, then, you know, you really got to understand the project as well as you can. 
And so uh, chatting with clients and really diving in, a lot of the things I'll talk about will be, uh, it will all be motivated by one or all three of these. Really, it's got to, it's the finished product that the client is looking for has to look good. There's no point in doing something that's terrible, you know, on the eye. The other thing that we want to do is make sure that the, the design or the finished product that we give them is functional. So it's got to look good and it's got to work good. And then the third thing is, is, is financial, it's budget, it's the dollar value. So if it looks good, works good and fits their budget, you're probably going to find you're going to do yourself, a, you know, like you're going to get yourself a job. Um, and so the challenge is, is to go and uncover all that and we can, un- we can uncover that, oh yeah, this is going to look good when it's finished, this is going to work really well functionally. Um, the, the, the stickler is that we don't ever get the budget number out of them. And, and a lot of the time I would say it's because we don't know how to finesse the conversation around to getting to the budget number. So um, I'm going to shoot completely from the hip and imagine that I'm just talking to a client and we say, uh, you know, they're sort of chatting about their bathroom or their addition or their basement remodel or whatever the case is. And uh, I might sort of say to them, I say, look, you know, I, what I want to do is I want to get an understanding of what your budget expectation is. And before they can get a word out of their mouth, I'll, I'll continue and I'll say, look, and the reason that I need to know to do that is because I don't want to waste your time or mine. And I, I want to I be able to help you on your way to figure out whether or not, you know, the, this renovation is or, or a new home is for you. So uh, we focus on mostly renos. A lot of our work that we do is renovations. And so, you know, I might say to them, I say, look, in my experience, and it helps if you've got a bit of experience, uh, but maybe you've got to be a little old and washed up like me. Um, if, you're a, if, you're a, if you're a young buck and you've just sort of got into this, the data that you're going to have access to will be probably more limited than, what, than it is for me. But I might say, look, for the average basement remodel, um, you know, they're not, they don't want to make it into a legal suite. Let's say they just want to make it into a usable area and add a couple of bedrooms and a washroom and upgrade the laundry or whatnot. Um, I might say, look, for something like that, in my experience, it's always been, you know, 80 to 120,000 or 90 to 130. Notice I give them the price rate. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to break the ice. That is all we do. Now, I don't care if you go double that budget, but the bottom line is you have got to throw something out first because it's no different to when you go and buy, you go and buy a car or whatever. You're always going to lowball. And then at least you know you're not paying too much straight out of the gate. So, you know, for when we're chatting with clients, we want to get the budget conversation out there. And so, you know, I want to sort of create some freedom because ultimately I'll say to them, look, the reason I've got to chat to you about your budget expectation is because I'm going to go and do a lot of work to try and come up with a, you know, an idea or a ballpark as to what you want. And if it's 100% more than what you expected, you're not going to go ahead and build this thing with anybody. So the best thing that I can do for you is to come up with some sort of price range. So my idea of what it would cost to do your basement remodel would be somewhere between eighty and 120000 How do you feel about that, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner? Now, they're going to do one or two things. They're either going to go, yeah, well, that was kind of what we were thinking, or they're going to say probably, uh, no, that's double what we were thinking. So um, at least you've got a starting point because that in itself is is some success uh, with regards to that relationship. Now, that now doesn't mean, that doesn't guarantee anything, but at least you're on your way. The next thing that we like to go to is, well, what we'll do is we'll provide you a, you know, a bracketed price range and a bit of an indication as to what we think it might cost. And we'll give that to you in a one or two paragraph email. And then you can think on that. But if, if it is, and you like the idea of what the end result was going to be, and I might talk to the clients about what the finished product's going to look like, um, 
and you like the idea of the price range and you're sort of going, well, Max, it's a little bit more than what I pay, but yeah, look, if everything is going to be the way you say it, we might be able to sort of massage something. Now, I think we've done a podcast where it asks, are buyers liars? And uh, I'm going to say for the record that a lot of the time they they don't tell exactly all the truth. So, and nor would you either if you were being coy. So let's be honest, we're all a bit like that. We don't want to pay for any more than we have to. And so, you know, we want to break the ice. So the next way we transition, so we've had the budget conversation, we've got clients that are a little bit reserved about the, the, the estimate or the indication that you've given. You've then put that in a two-paragraphed email. You've sent out a, a price, a bracketed price range, uh, an estimate, an indication of to what they might get really general and then what they uh, expect to pay that in the way of a price range. And here's, here's where I tell our guys to go next, is what we call a quantity takeoff service. Now, this will separate the players from the pretenders. And the idea of this is if we've got positive on the the budget price range and the inclusions, what we're going to say to clients is, "Hey, this is this is what we're going to, you know, we this is what we offer." Um, now, if you're in the cost plus world or the time and materials or the do and charge or whatever you call it and you go and add your 12% on top of your cost or whatever, uh, this process won't work for you. And the simple reason is because the whole the the whole uh, thing is about where I'm about to go next with this quantity takeoff service is that it uh, we provide a fixed price. So if you're like Max, it can't be done. We don't do fixed price. Um, then I guess everything I've got to say going forward from here is is, is irrelevant. But I want to tell you um, that what we do next to figure out who the players are and who the pretenders are is we say, look, it's going to cost you 500 bucks, and what we're going to give you for that is we're going to give you a list of specifications, which you're going to help us with via a selection sheet. We're going to come up with a, a final fixed price, a number that you will pay no more for unless you change, do something in the process of construction, and it will come with a completion date. See, those are the three characteristics that really, that, that mostly that all of our customers come to us for. They love the fact that they know what they're getting, they know what it's going to cost, and they know when it's going to be finished. Or they know at least the duration of the project so that when they do hit a commencement date, we can give them completion date, right? And so, you know, if you're really, if your competition is using the fixed price approach like we are, and you're on cost plus, the reason why, you know, and you might say, look, it's going to cost you 35 for the kitchen and the guy down the road who's, you know, maybe a Smith & Sons guy is quoting it at 48. The reason why the Smith & Sons guy is going to win that project is because he's given specifications, he's given the exact number that it's going to cost the clients and he's told the clients the duration of the project or even a completion date. And, and unfortunately, every client that I've come across, they want the peace of mind and the security and the satisfaction. And so, you know, you probably need to have a pretty strong think about, you know, your business model and how you do business with your prospective clients, because this is how we do business with ours. And this is how come we're winning. And so, you know, uh, so then you get the quantity takeoff service and, uh, and you, you put that out there and they say, okay, so I get to know exactly what I'm getting, how long it's going to take and what it's going to cost me. There's a very good chance because those three characteristics of the quantity takeoff service represent value. They're probably actually going to buy in and they're going to say, you know what, that's worth 500 bucks. Now, on some of the bigger jobs, uh, my guys will ask for more money. Now, understand also that it doesn't include anything peripheral or anything auxiliary or anything extra, i.e. Uh, engineers, architects, geotechs, interior designers, any of that, nothing of that, that's all extra. And we put that in our in our quotes that 
It's just for the, you know, for the number. But we will outsource to our sub-trades uh, and our suppliers to come up with the exact number. Now, in your right mind, most people are going, if you're honest with yourself, you go, well, that, make, that, that makes complete sense. I'm going to do that. Here's the deal. If you get one of these, if you can crack this nut, it will change the way you do business. However, there's a lot of GCs, when I talk to them, they're like, well, Max, how can you give fixed price? Because you can't see behind the drywall and you can't, and look, you're not wrong, but if your if your estimate, sorry, if your quote's set up in such a way, and then your building contract is set up in such a way, and I'm not even going to talk about contracts today because we will just lose track of time, um, then what you do is you actually have got yourself, there is some options within our contracts in our fixed price building contracts that allow us the luxury of executing off the back of clauses within that contract to take into consideration whereby we we might not have allowed for the extra 10 studs um, but the the markup is is really you know that offsets there's built-in contingencies and cushions that allow us some flexibilities for minor oversights but for major stuff the the clauses in the contract will help you pick up that now if you get into that the, the theory is that um, transactions happen as a natural consequence of delivering value. Transactions happen as a natural consequence of delivering value. If you show value in your proposals, good chance the the you know most clients are going to see the value and they're going to buy. Not all, but most. Now, the the beautiful part about that is when you transact at a low level with a client, it's highly likely that you're going to transact at a high level. And so, uh, what your focus should be is not to win the $100,000 job. The focus should be to win on the $1,000 quantity takeoff because what you've just done is a couple of things. You've transacted at a low level. That's great. The other thing is uh, essentially you've taken them off the market because now they've actually invested in the relationship that those clients have with you. And so now if you go down this quantity takeoff or quantity takeoff service and you execute uh, well and competently, confidently and coherently, it's almost like it's a natural segue into the building contract, okay? Now, we, we could talk about the price. We don't want this proposal, once you go through the whole quantity takeoff and you, you're really working out what the quote's going to be, you'd never want it to be a price reveal. If they've got an estimated budget of 100 and you, you drop the quote on the table at the end of the day and it's 150 grand, you're going to blow the deal up. What is it that grew that thing from 100 to 150? Every time that they, and usually it comes down to, well, Max, we don't want the laminate tops. We now want the quartz. You know, we want the stone tops. You've got to say to them, okay, we can do that. We can adjust the selection sheet a little bit, but you know it's going to add about $6,500 to the overall cost. Is that okay? Now, I would suggest that you do that in email. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. So verbal communications need to be backed up with something in writing. I'd get on the phone, I'd talk to Mrs. Homeowner, I'd say, look, we can we can include the quartz countertops now, but that's going to be six and a half grand. Is that okay? Do you want me to sort of go and look into that instead of just the post form laminate? Yes, please, Max, do that. I'll say, tell you what, Mrs. Homeowner, I'm just going to shoot you a quick email. And if you can just respond to me, um, I'll update the selection sheet. Did you see that? It's not like I need you to tell me that you've made these changes. It's like, I need to update your selection sheet now. So can you please shoot me back an email? And so what, as we move through this process, you cannot over-communicate enough with clients. You just can't over-communicate, right? And so as you walk them through the process, if you drop it on the table and you've, you've communicated very clearly, uh, openly and honestly, by the time you get to that 150000 even though it's significantly above the estimated original uh, price, 
it's not a price reveal. They knew it was coming. And and I think any point throughout the quoting process, if you're kind of delivering backwards and forwards communication and you're saying, look, we're, we're around about the 125 to 132 mark. How do you feel about that? And they're giving you, they're waving you through, then you know you're not going to get roasted when you drop that big number on the table. So that's the goal. That's what you want to do. It never can be a price reveal. Now, the other thing in, in helping and close, I think what if you can just do what I've just talked about in the last 10 minutes there, I think you will inc- increase your conversion rate, your close rate. It will increase. But I want to give you a little bit of encouragement because it doesn't actually go perfectly every time. But what I want you to know is that a lot of the time, because we initially meet the clients and the wall of distrust is up and they don't trust us, uh, what we have to do is we've got, to, we've got to deconstruct the wall of distrust. And the way we do that is to build rapport. And the way that we build rapport is good, open, honest communications backwards and forwards. I said to my guys in a meeting, we had about 15 people in a meeting yesterday, and I said to all the GCs, I said, I don't want you to close a deal until you've at least had eight touch points. I don't care whether it's emails, text messages, phone calls, whatever. But you, you cannot go in too early for the close. Um, I think a lot of guys too wait too long to go for the close. So that's something else to think about. But I think that's eight to 12 is about the magic number. So you need to go through your phone, look at the text messages, look at the emails, look at the communication. If it's more than 12, then I think, and you're feeling good about it, you need to be able to lead the close process. Um, And that's something else we can talk about. Um, And so, you know, I think there's got to be a point in your negotiations where you do move from the sales process and you actually transition and it's a very, it's an intangible thing. It's almost like it's an intuitive thing where you go, okay, now we've got to move into the close phase. And things like, you know, one example is like they say, Max, look, that sounds pretty good, but, you know, do you think you can have me in before Christmas? To me, that's a buying question. I'll say, look, Mrs. Homeowner, if we could have that, if we can, if we move quickly and we could, and you want to be in before Christmas, we could probably do that. So are you okay if I drew up some agreements and I can get an agreement stage payment from you to get the ball rolling? That's a close because I am absolutely focused now on giving her what she wants, but I also going to create some urgency to ensure that we do deliver at that, uh, at that point, just like she wants. Um, look, I was going to chat about, uh, you know, I'm going to chat later on and some other time. If you've got any questions, change orders are something I was going to talk about, but I've already been waffling on for too long now. So look, if you love what you hear, um, look, we appreciate you listening in too, you know, um, your, your attention is our oxygen. And, uh, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't keep doing this. Cause I, you know, I don't want to be just talking to the camera for no reason, but, uh, you know, if you've got some benefit out, I'd love you to just flick me an email and give me a thumbs up and tell me you're enjoying it. Um, if you've got any questions about this subject or any, be sure to do that. Uh, but we also, um, you know, we'd love it if you just, uh, yeah, subscribe and share it. If you know somebody who would love this information and benefit from you as well, um, that would be awesome. But feel free to uh, reach out to me and, uh, you know, I can try and answer some of your questions. I'll get back to you in pretty good time. And uh, the best email that you can uh, hit me up on is max at businessforbuilders.ca. And uh, we'll, we'll be sure to be in touch. But uh, look out for the next episode. Have an awesome day and uh, go build a red-hot, profitable, high-performance building company. Catch you later.